Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. So far, I've given you 115 episodes and almost three years of free content. The first episode dropped in December 2020. So please support this podcast by donating and purchasing my first novel that was published in 2012. Both links are in the show notes. And if you enjoy the book, please give me the best rating that you see fit on Amazon. Also give me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. To rate takes less than 10 seconds of your time and to review takes less than a minute. And always remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. Today I'm talking about opening a portal to another dimension. And I don't mean a dimension as in I traveled to another world and returned, although that does happen sometimes, especially in my dreams, especially in astral travel. This time I actually opened a portal, creating, developing, writing, and editing a character in my new novel. I will also discuss my newly discovered Claire called Claire Gustins. So I'm writing a time travel mystery and it's really metaphysical. I discuss the chakras in depth, the quantum physics of time travel, spirit guides, black holes, and so much more. On top of that, I live in a highly metaphysical house where you guys know, I've said this many times, paranormal events happen all the time. Even the two guests that I've had recently reported seeing a white spirit in the same place. So the character in this new novel is named Tina, and she's highly metaphysical from her West Indian background and ancestry. And every time I rewrite her character, a portal opens, and I don't mean to do it, and it is only with Tina. She's not even the protagonist. She's the protagonist's mother. Let me explain. The character of Tina is from Trinidad and Tobago, but she lived for a long time in Boston. In one of the first drafts, I had to name Tina's boyfriend, but he's actually not in the book, but he needed a name. For some reason, the name Bob popped up and it came out of nowhere and it came, do you know how we get downloads? It came in a really quick download. That was the last edit I had made on the book that night. I put in the name Bob and then I closed out of Word and shut down the computer. The next morning... I woke up to an email from a friend that I had when I lived in Boston 20 years ago. The friend's name is Bob. (laughs) Now, his real name is not Bob, but I'm doing that to protect him and keep him anonymous because I don't know if he wants to, you know, be known in this. I have not heard from Bob in 20 years years. And when we were friends, it was a tumultuous friendship. He gave me a very nice email. It was very quick asking how I was doing. I did send a response back weeks later, and I haven't heard back. Fast forward a month or so, and I had a reading with a famous psychic in Woodstock, Woodstock, New York. She picked up on this portal opening with Bob and warned me to stay away. She said that he's going through a bad time, and since I have no ill will toward him, I should send him love and light, but not to get reacquainted with him in any way. I took her advice, and I did that. 
So now let's move on to the second time I'm rewriting the character of Tina. It's around 9.30 in the morning. It's a Monday, nothing special. I'm deeply involved in rewriting Tina because her character needed to be grossly changed. And all of a sudden I hear, and I'm not going to scream into the microphone, but if you could imagine, help. So I heard that voice once. Again, it was help. It sounded like a middle-aged man's voice around, I would say, 50s to 60s. And the voice sounded like a white American male. And the voice also sounded strong and healthy, not that he was sick in any way. It was a loud scream that sounded right in front of my office where I was working. And even the dogs heard it and started barking. So I knew I wasn't making this up in my head. I checked everything. I went outside. I I checked everything I could. There were no workers on the road. No one was delivering oil. There was no one moaning in a ditch. I kept calling out to no avail. I kept saying, is anyone there? Hello? Do you need help? Are you okay? And nothing. Then I remembered that there's a neighbor building a house near me, but it's actually very much in back of me. So the voice was right in front of my office. So there's no way this voice would have resounded across an acre or something. Let me just do my due diligence and drive up to the property. And I drove up and there was a young man who hardly spoke English and he barely understood what I said. I looked around, I realized that everything was completely normal. I then had to rush off to an appointment. And when I came home, I searched the entire property on foot and found nothing. About a week later, we had the arborists from the town come and cut down trees. My husband talked to them and no one had been there the week before. They were younger men and did not sound like the voice I heard. Plus, I heard the normal sounds of cutting trees. You hear the sawing and the buzzing and they were talking to each other. When I heard that man scream, there was no other sound before or after or even drawing. It was just that voice. So let's say he fell into a ditch unless he were unconscious, which could have happened. He would have been calling out for help or moaning in pain. If he was a worker and he had, you know, hit hit his head and fallen unconscious, someone would have eventually come looking for him and no one did. During that time, I really thought about the man's scream because it was such a strange incident And there's one pseudo explanation that makes sense. At the time in my area, a hiker went missing when he was hiking in Vermont. His family had not heard from him in days. The police found his body and they believe he was swept away in a current near that hiking trail. I remember at the time thinking about the man and the family and I wonder if I opened a portal to where I heard the man unfortunately fall or slip to his death. I read the man's obituary and it sounded like it could be him through the description and that was it. I give love and light to his family and may he rest in peace, which I believe he is. The third incident when rewriting the character of Tina happened earlier this month. I was cutting scenes I didn't need from that particular draft, and several of those scenes included Tina. When I got to her scenes in particular, my dryer stopped running. I had been in my laundry room, 
minutes before and I read that the dryer had seven minutes left when I sat back down in my office, which is, uh, I don't know, a five second walk from the laundry room, the dryer goes off. I thought, okay, maybe I lost track of time. I'm so immersed in this book, but it was weird. But some of the clothes were still wet. So I put on the dryer for 20 minutes to explain, uh, just so everyone knows my dryer is brand new and I cannot change the time setting when it's on a specific cycle. Only if it's on time dry and on time dry, it's only 20, 40, or 60 minutes. Those are the options. I go to sit down in my office, and as I do, the dryer goes off again. It's only been one or two minutes. I know 20 minutes has not elapsed. At this point, I'm thinking something is wrong with the dryer. For the third time, I put 20 minutes on time dry and I stood there and watched it for the whole 20 minutes and it was fine. So far, this has not happened again. And this was something that was electrical that happened in my house. I feel like I opened an energy field of Tina somehow, almost as if I brought her to life. She's not a negative energy, but she wants to be acknowledged. When I work on her character, I feel as if I've opened a portal to her world and somehow I've entered it in a small way. Perhaps, I don't know, maybe she's awakening me to teach me lessons of some kind. Maybe she's helping me raise my mediumship skills, which I'm trying to do. I think the answers may come later, especially as I keep drafting this novel and I will keep you all posted. Let's move on to my Claire discovery. All of you know the Claire's. I mean, I know all of you know this, right? Clairvoyant, we see psychic images. Clairaudience, we hear, especially voices. Clairsentient, we feel. Claircognizant, we know. And there are actually several more Claires, but those are the most popular ones. I've discovered that I have a new Claire called Claire Gustins, which is clear tasting. I finally realized what was going on because this has been going on for quite some time, but lately it's been happening a good amount. I'll be working in my office, and yes, I mentioned my office again. It's a highly metaphysical space where lights go on and off, for example. Again, I was working in my office and tasted a full meal of liver and potatoes. Now, the former, I do not like. I cannot stand the taste of liver, so that's not something I would choose. And potatoes, they were fine, but they tasted a little bland. Then at one point, I tasted a full Thanksgiving meal as if I was eating the turkeys, the mashed potatoes with gravy, the cranberry sauce. Then I started to taste Hershey Kisses as if I had just popped them in my mouth and was sucking on one of them, which is very interesting because the Hershey Kiss thing kept happening over and over. Another time I tasted a meal that I would associate with Pioneer Times. It was a bland, bulgur wheat barley dish. Where my office sits is next to my sunroom where I believe I have spirits gather and is an old part of my house. And next to it is my TV room, which is the original part of the house and electrical things happen there. Therefore, my office is in between the sunroom and the TV room and is a spiritual vortex. So I believe that the spirits are trying to either feed me or they're reliving their own meals. I have one spirit in particular. I think I think it's one spirit. 
I don't think it's two or three who loves to feed me sweets. This person is the Hershey kiss person. And I think it's because he knows that I have such a strict diet. He's giving me treats, which is really cute. Last week, I tasted a peanut butter brittle candy, something old fashioned. And then the spirit showed me the wrapper, which was yellow with a red stripe. I couldn't read the words. I searched it online and found a candy named Mary Jane. Wikipedia describes it as an old-fashioned peanut butter and molasses-flavored taffy-type candy. That's exactly what I tasted. I hadn't seen a Mary Jane since my grandmother was alive. She liked anything taffy. I remember we would go down to the shore, and I don't know about other parts of the world if you're listening, but in the U.S., if you go to the beach, they're very into making and selling taffy. So every time we'd go to the shore, we'd bring her back taffy. Her teeth were not in great shapes. So it's kind of funny. There is a candy store in my town that sells old fashioned candy. If I can find Mary Jane, I will put out a few pieces and see what happens. Now when I'm or as I'm recording this, I will say that it did dawn on me that it could be my grandmother, but my grandmother does not come through in that way for me. She did not believe in psychics or the metaphysical, and she thought it was all bullshit. So the fact that she would be doing it would be shocking. I have gone to numerous mediums and psychic readings and the whole thing, and she's come up once, and I'm not even sure it was her. I'm not even completely sold it was her. It was such a generic description of her. I think it could have been just any spirit in the room. So I really believe that it's a male who's attached to the house. I feel a male energy and I feel he has this loving grandfatherly energy and he kind of looks at me as a granddaughter and he wants to make me happy. I believe I know who the spirit belongs to and hopefully I'll get confirmation soon on that, but we will see. And as usual, I will keep you posted. This past weekend, I received my master level Reiki attunements at the Omega Institute, and I did it to increase my mediumship. So I will keep you posted again for the third time on if that happens or not. For my next episode, I will be discussing the intermediate and advanced mediumship course with Tony Stockwell that I took at Omega, which was amazing. As of all of Stockwell's courses are, I will be dropping that episode on Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. Until then, live your life two inches off the ground. <music>